Venny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Good evening. How you doing? Happy Sunday to you. Just getting myself in the in the zone, taking off my hoodie. And uh, for the web viewers, they may notice there's an extra treat, if it is such a thing. I have a beard. First time in about ten years. I've, would you call that a beard or stubble, Elliot? What do you think? It's getting pretty beardy. When when does a, bit, a stubble become beard? Is it when you can't see any face through it? Something like that. Because you're a, you're a, you sport a beard, but you're a bald man, which some may argue makes you look like your head is on upside down. But I would say you're a beautiful specimen. My hair is relocated to my face. Mm. It's like there's. Um, in fact, I've noticed a theme because Dave Eddy's similar. I'm not saying you're completely bald, Dave, but you've. Let's just say that it, there's more on the face than there is on the top of the head. Is it a talk radio thing, facial hair? Uh, comedian David Cross has a similar thing going on. Uh, Jim Richards got a beard, very scruffy. Beautiful man, scruffy beard. He, he's allowed. When you've got a good face, you can have a scruffy look. It sort of it looks nice, you know. It's like when you've got a pristine carpet, you can have a bit of a battered-up old couch. Similar in the facial area. Um, uh, who else have we got? Bullard hasn't got a hair on his body, has he? Beautiful dome. He's like a seal. <laughs> Not one that you'd push into a letter in 16th century England. More of a barking one, yeah. Okay. So you sort of get the idea of the show already, really, don't you? Um, bit of gibberish here and there. Um, it's this the Vinnie White show. It's got a name. I mean, let's let's be honest. We're fairly professional. Uh, Vinnie's views of this week's news. Welcome. The key to what it's all about is in the title, really. And uh, this week we'll be looking at various things uh, in the news and what happened to me this week, um, which was I got chatted up, which I've been saying because I'm so proud of it, and now I realise that apparently if I say chatted up, not everyone understands it. I, it's one of those things where I still, even though I've been here for 10 years, I do use a lot of British colloquialisms. If I were to say to you, Elliot, without any context, I got chatted up this week, would you know what I meant? I would say so, yes. So what, what would you think that means? That means that somebody spoke to you out of nowhere. Well, it would probably have to be either female or a homosexual male as well. Oh, I see. So you're saying, uh, you're saying that there's a connotation that it's Yeah, like... there is. You oh, need okay. this, Canada. You can have this for free if you like. Why don't I get this going Whatever in the public? Whatever your chatted up story is, I can trumpet. Says, oh. says, says uh, Dave there. All right. Okay. <laughs> I was going to talk about... The prison attacks, but frankly, they're a bit depressing. Let's yeah. briskly move on <laughs> to uh, I got chatted up and did you get chatted up more than me? That's that's uh, today's pop quiz on talk radio hosts who got chatted up the most. Um, well, mine, Dave, was in... By the way, what are you doing here early? Do you come to watch this show? i like to listen to you. Bloody hell. That is loyalty, isn't it? I paid him $20 for that. Um, this week, I was in a bar on King Street, which I often am, and I often moan about as well. I realise I'm my own worst nightmare. But it was a friend's birthday. I couldn't not go. She's a lovely woman, and she always turns up to my thing. So I went there, and a woman was stood at the bar, and she started chatting to me. She said, gosh, you look warm, and uh, made it. Actually, do you know what? I think it might be partially the beard as well, which I always thought a beard, when psychologists have done studies, I always thought that... They they said that beards make you because it's a barrier between you and the rest of the face. I remember reading somewhere that women are less likely to talk to you if you've got a beard. But 
in the new world of the beard, because everyone's got a beard now. My grandmother's got a beard. She's always had one. Um, I think that it's now a bit of a sexy thing. Well, apparently, because I've only had it this week and I got chatted up and I've been chatted up for, I think it was 1946 was the last time. Uh, she said, you look warm. She pointed to my clothing and then put, roughed her hand through my beard. And I thought, well, this is going well. Um, and then as she carried on, she became an absolute disaster. Just the probably the worst candidate for a sexual partner I could possibly imagine. She had, she didn't drink. She was drinking only water. Now, there's nothing wrong with not drinking. But when we started the conversation about what you're drinking, which, oh, by the way, I wasn't buying her a drink. Although, if I'd have known she was drinking water, I definitely would have offered. <laughs> Tighten than a duck's bum. Um, so, yeah, she, she started um, saying that she doesn't drink because she's heavily into yoga, which is groovy. I like that. That's all very good. Granola business. I like that. But she went on to say that the only time she drinks is once a day she has one ounce of red wine because she's read it's good for the brain and good for the heart, which is true. But she, she went on to say, I hate it. She goes, I hate it, but I force myself every day, one ounce of wine. And I just thought, I'd rather that you said, last night I got hammered and fell asleep in a bush and woke up covered in snow, nearly hypothermic, because I'm an idiot, than not only do I not drink, but I only drink as a form of medicine to prolong my life, which I thoroughly don't enjoy, but along with all my other antics, including yoga and various vitamins, Make me an incredibly unremarkable woman. She then went on to say that she's never been to London because she doesn't like old things and she wants to live in LA because she only likes new things. And then she said she's an artist and she doesn't want to live in London particularly. Not that I asked her. She said I'm an artist and one of the reasons I don't like London is because uh, it's, it's, it's really old and I find that repressive, whereas LA is, is really new and nice. Now, I have to admit I haven't been to LA, but I think we can all agree it's not the most beautiful town in the Americas, is it, really? I mean, unless you're looking at some of the, you know, the, the residents are rather good looking in the Hollywood vicinity. Anyway, that was mine. What happened to you, Dave? When did you get chatted up? A friend of mine took me out for uh, birthday drinks on Thursday. Yeah. And um, he has a girlfriend, actually, and I've been married for 22 years, as you may know. Um, mm. This girl comes into the bar. She sits down. And he's sort of nudging me. He goes, oh, God, check her out. What's the wow? And I had to admit, I was, Whew, yeah, I see what you're saying. Mm. Um, but then, of course, she appeared to leave with a fellow with a baseball hat. Well, uh, we're like, it's mm. always annoying when it's a fellow with a baseball bat, I find. Baseball. No, he had a baseball hat, which was annoying enough. Uh, but then she came back in. She sat down for a while. She looked bored. She was scrolling up and down on her phone. And then we were sitting there having a beer, joking around and laughing. And then she came over and said, um, you guys have nice smiles. I want to talk to you. And then within about five minutes of talking to us, she revealed that she was a playmate. Uh, she had been Miss April 2014. Google her. Her name's Krista Kelly. Um, and uh, she was touching my thigh. She was touching my stomach, which oh, I don't think could be oh, all that erotic for her. Very peculiar. Very peculiar, but very handsy. She kept wanting to do shots. She had that kind of crazy energy, which became crazier as the night went on. Mm. Um, but she was showing us pictures of her spread, shall <laughs> I put it? <laughs> her Playboy spread. You've definitely outdone me. Um, she, she regaled us with tales of living in the Playboy mansion. She, um, 
she busted the myth that people actually have sex in the grotto because she said there are numerous cameras everywhere and why would you do that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, until finally at a point I had to say, good husband that I am, i got to go home and make dinner for my wife, mm. at which point my friend, trying to stick the shiv in as I left, I just overheard him saying, yeah, poor guy, pressures of married life. And she went, and I quote, and in my mind, sounding very disappointed, oh, he's married? And that kind of made my year. Just th- those two words. He's Aww. married, sounding disappointed. According to my friend, his theory was she thought we were a gay couple because I kept referencing we this, we that, referencing my wife, right. trying to be a good boy. Yes. He thought that tr- she thought we were like an older gay couple and therefore safe. And that was the source of her disappointment. But I'm sticking to my story. Right. Okay. My version of events. From your impersonation, she sounded more like Minnie Mouse. <laughs> um, but I presume she's, she didn't say it like she sounded, oh, he's married. Also, if I may use my own pseudo-Britishism, she was barking mad. Like after a certain point, she kept wanting to do shots. And then, sometime, and then after a while, as you talked to her, she was pulling faces the whole time, which was really odd. Yeah. And then we were trying to pass ourselves off as major television moguls. And she started talking about a struggling writer friend of hers. And we said something to the effect of, well, you know, hook him up with us and we'll try to help him out. She's like, oh, you think you're better than him? I was like, oh, okay, slowly oh. back away from the playmate. Do you know what I mean? Not a... Mm, a little bit. Did you just admit on public radio that you lied to win her affections? Well, we embellished. Is that, is that Sounds far not, better. Not to win her affections. As I say, I'm mm. a very loyal husband. But no, I appreciate Just to that. impress her. It's hard not to... You know, there's something in your DNA that makes you want to exaggerate your accomplishments in the presence of a playmate. Amy, can you name this venue or no, this place? Squirrelies. I don't know if you guys know what it's like. Queen Street is a favorite hangout. Yeah, Yeah. I've gone there forever. It's always been the same. It's it's bar qua bar, which is what I love about it. Yeah, it's it's a bit rough and ready. Yeah, I love it. Sort of place you would expect to find at least 50% insane ex-playmate. I was, I, yeah, I had yeah. no idea Squirrelies had that rap. Mm. So I blasted all my friends and uh, with an email saying that this had happened, and they were like, "Well, could this happen to me if I just <laughs> if I go into Squirrelies and announce well, it's my birthday? Will playmates just appear?" I was like, "I don't know." Uh, I'm asking the same question. <laughs> <laughs> Squirrelies is a magical place. Anything can happen. So you were very humble about it, Dave, weren't you? Oh, well, as soon as it had happened, you put it out as a tweet. Oh God, chatted that poor bird. <laughs> it's like I, that hasn't happened to me, Vinny. You say 1947. I would say you know 19. 19- 23. Well, you know what? Here's me taking the piss. The fact of the matter is that it was actually very nice. I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. And even though... Nice to think you still we, got it. We had the complete opposite. You had a nutter that probably had a boob job and was obsessed with getting drunk and not looking after herself. Whereas I had someone that was great. so boring. Um, but she, I think you could probably have more of an intellectual conversation and decent frivolity with one of the statues on Easter Island. Hmm. She was just... It was... <laughs> Absolute solid, bless her. And in every sense, she was good looking. She'd looked after herself. But the the price you pay for a very good looking woman is being illustrated perfectly here. They're either incredibly boring because they look after themselves, or they're you know using their bits and bobs, shall we say, to uh, perpetuate their uh, career and make money out of it, and thereby a bit nuts. The lone exception, if I may say so, being my wife, who is smart, sexy, sane, soulful, and sensible. Yep. The five S's every bachelor seeks. TM. And as we speak, in bed with another man. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know. I mean, this show, by the way, if you've never heard it before, I mean, it's never really that structured, but very rarely do we have a, a little three-way chat. It was like um, it was like a testosterone version of The View, wasn't it? Just that. Something like that. 
Maybe that's what we should call the show. Um, arse hats in France news. Yes, there were arse hats in France. I want to talk about it briefly. Uh, it is incredibly depressing, as all terrorist attacks always are, and it's not like I'm not going to be saying this again in some week's time. I wish I wouldn't, but I'm sure I will be. Charlie Hebdo, French for Weekly Charlie, is a French satirical weekly newspaper featuring cartoons, reports and jokes, irreverent and stridently non-conformist in tone. Uh, the publication describes itself as strongly anti-racist and left-wing, publishing articles... Uh, on the extreme right, Catholicism, Islam, Judaism. Actually, I've looked into it, like millions of other people have this week, and looked through some of the back issues, and they really do take a stab at anyone and everyone, which is why it's all right, because it's not like they're just picking on one. They have in the past poked fun at Christianity, Judaism, and the British. Yes, I found one slamming the Brits. So, obviously, I was incredibly disappointed and will be committing an atrocious act of violence. What on earth is funny about the Brits? You know, apart from us being dentally challenged, heavily crazed drinkers with an obsession of celebrity culture and drawing giant chalk men on the side of hills with enormous penises. And if you haven't seen that, always worth a Google. Yeah. We used to draw, in the Middle Ages, we used to draw people on hills. Because um, a lot of the, particularly around south of England, a lot of the rolling downs are grass. And if you just hack away at the grass, it's stunning white chalk. Um, so I believe in the Inca culture, they have the Nazca lines, which can be viewed from space, which are um, etchings and drawings made on the desert floor, probably by foot. And in the modern era, of course, we have crop circles. The Brits, man with a wang. That's what we did. It's brilliant. There's loads of them all over the UK. The best one, by the way, is the Cern Abbas giant. It's a hill figure. It's very lovely. It's in Dorset, England. It's a, a giant uh, turf-cut outlined chalk man with a... Absolutely ginormous penis. And since we're on the subject, I seem to have gone off the original point, but it is fascinating to me. Do you know that a lot of people go up there in the middle of the night to have sex on the giant penis because it's believed to have um, it, it heightened your chances of conception? So if you're struggling for a baby and you're paying for IVF, forget it. Pop yourself to uh, Dorset and uh, bonk till your heart's delight on a, on a willy. So, yes, as I was saying, nothing funny about the Brits. No, I love the fact. I mean, it's fairly obvious. If you listen to this show, you'll realise that most of this BS is uh, just heavily uh, ironic satire that pokes fun at everyone and everyone, including myself. And I have enormous heartfelt strength and feeling towards any organisation that does a similar thing, whether it be a massive brand like John Stewart on The Daily Show or a newspaper that dares to be a bit critical of other of other people's, including themselves, as I originally said. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, it really wasn't that big. Their entire subscription was, and I use the word was, because watch it grow now, by the way, was 30,000. That's it. it. It really isn't a big magazine if there's only 30,000. Okay? It's actually, I looked it up to find out if I could find a, an equivalent. Do you know that the run of uh, Charlie Hebdo is actually slightly smaller um, than the uh, Canadian Creative Knitting magazine? Yeah. Which, by the way, incidentally, this month you can learn to knit four whimsical washcloths on Canadian Knitting Monthly. So um, it's absolute barbarism and stupidity and you don't need someone with even half a brain like myself to announce how just utterly stupendously deplorable the whole thing has been. And, uh, of course, I was in 
wondrous uh, happiness to see uh, many world leaders walk arm in arm through the streets of Paris today and a show of allegiance and alliance with a fine country, um, which numbers, someone saying a one and a half million, you know, it's always difficult to say how many people got on the streets of Paris today. It could be two, it could be three. It's It was just a, a wash of people um, and very relaxed atmosphere and actually quite jubilant as well, which is really nice because I think uh, for a satirical magazine, they would like to think that this walk was people having a bit of a laugh along the way as well. And uh, it's annoying, really, because this is a radio show, so I can't really stand an alliance uh, by reproducing the cartoons that originally offended the Muslim extremists, um, which are, of course, just a pathetically small percentage of uh, the Muslim the Muslim religion. So I can't do that. I suppose I could describe one. Yeah, that's my my risky... Uh, I could be shot tonight. Let's give it a shot. Um, to stand in alliance with satire everywhere, I'd like to reproduce one of the offending cartoons on this show by describing it. Here we go. A man with a beard who may or may not be a prophet has a T-shirt on that says, not in my name. There you go. If anyone wants to meet me, it's uh, Richmond Street. I'll be using that exit. I'll be popping out about 10.10, and uh, you're welcome to shoot me. Um, I might regret saying that. <laughs> Yeah, security, could you also be there as well? Thanks. No, it's absolutely ridiculous, and I refuse to live in any fear from these utter imbeciles that continue to tirade and torment in pathetic, gross acts of cowardly stupidity. Um, And then, of course, the backlash afterwards is that you get American idiots as well, like Don Lemon, who normally isn't an idiot, is he? But I was uh, pretty shocked to hear some of the stuff he said this week. Don Lemon asked a Muslim international human rights lawyer on television, on CNN this week, do you support ISIS? I'll just say it again. Asked a Muslim international human rights lawyer. I'll say it again. Human rights lawyer if he supports ISIS. I wonder what he expected back. I don't know if he expected back to hear... Uh, well, you know, it's a bit embarrassing, but, yeah, I'm pretty big with the ISIS, yeah. You know, as a human rights lawyer. So let's hear Don Lemon of CNN ask that. Uh, Newsweek found back in August that 16% of French citizens support ISIS. Would you describe those who support ISIS as Islamic extremists? Well, they obviously, you know, uh, they obviously have sympathies for that ideology. I don't think that that would mean that they would justify the killing of innocent civilians uh, or or murdering people on the streets. Again, uh, you know, there's been no religion in the history of the world, Don, that has been immune from acts of religious terrorism. And we we had nine crusades. We had the Thirty Years' War. Uh, We have the Ku Ku Klux Klan in America, uh, a Christianist organization. Um, You know, in in Norway a couple years ago, you remember, Don, uh, Anders Breivik, you know, murdered 77 kids on an island and tried to assassinate the prime minister of Norway and left behind a 1,500-page treatise Mm -hmm. calling himself a soldier of Christianity. Now, we didn't expect every Christian leader around the world to go on national television and, and condemn him because we knew that he was a lunatic. But sadly, there is a double standard in place when a brown Muslim commits an act of, uh, of murder. Then, Point taken, uh, Arslan. I understand where you're going with it, but I, I just want to get a more specific. Again, in August, 16% of French citizens support ISIS. Would yeah. you describe those support who support ISIS as Islamic extremists? Do you support ISIS? Wait, did you just ask if I support ISIS? And I just answered your question. I said that obviously these 16% of people support the ideology, but again, I don't think that that would uh, necessarily extrapolate to uh, supporting of, of killing of innocent people. You can 
uh, have sympathy for an ideology and, and not, uh, you know, support the mass murder of people. And- yeah, but then I'm sure if I were to dig through the archives of what Fox said this week, I'm sure I'd find a lot worse than that. So there you go. Now, Obama came out this week, of course, and stood in solidarity with France, as you would expect. Let's hear what he said. France is our oldest ally. Uh, I want the people of France to know that the United States stands with you today, stands with you tomorrow. Our thoughts and prayers uh, are with the families who have been directly impacted. Uh, We grieve with you. We fight alongside you to uphold our values, the values that we share, uh, universal values uh, that bind us together as friends and as allies. And in the streets of Paris, the world's seen once again what terrorists stand for. They have nothing to offer but hatred and human suffering. And we stand for freedom and hope and the dignity of all human beings. And that's what the city of Paris represents to the world. And, and, and that spirit will endure forever. Good. Long after the scourge of terrorism is banished from this world. Uh, see, it's the last bit that gets me. Long after the scourge of terrorism is banished from this world. It's so, it's so it's a beautiful speech. He's, you know, say what you like about Obama. He's always been a good speaker. Very rarely goes through with what he's speaking about, but good speaker. Um, but at the end of it there... Long after the scourge of terrorism is banished from this world. You won't banish terrorism from this world. If you really want to try, which you should, it might help if you stuck to your promise of closing Guantanamo Bay. You know, other than the fact that it's not in keeping with international law and the law of your own country, which is why it's not in your own country. It's a place where uh, each resident, I think, costs over a million dollars a year. So even if you ignore the morals, which you shouldn't because they should be at the foreground of your thoughts, even if you ignore the morals of having Guantanamo Bay, it costs over a million dollars a year for each resident to feed and clothe and keep secure. A figure so high, I assume the orange suits are made by Louis Vuitton. And also, since we're on the point, you might want to knock that whole war on drugs on the head as well. Yeah, we're going to, you know, drugs don't work. We'll ban them. They'll go away and terrorism will go away. Like, who listens to that and goes, right, tip top. That should be all sorted out in a few years. The world's a better place than it used to be. We're not burning people to the stake anymore. We're not beheading people and stoning them in public squares in the Western world. And women have got the vote and we all live longer than ever before. And despite the fact that the healthcare system in this country isn't always as good as it could be in my own country... They still exist, and if crime's down, and John Tory is the mayor, so traffic's moving, and things are fairly groovy. But we'll always have terrorism. It's it's not like you can banish it from the world. Long after the scourge of terrorism is banished from this world. That's such stupid language, because that what the day that there isn't a, what day is it that it's gone then? When you haven't had it for a hundred days, who's got the rule book on that? Right, we haven't had it for a hundred days. Um, can you make a speech? Yep, all right, no problem. Uh, so apparently that we've banished it. So oh, no, unless you look at Israel, well, don't worry about that. But uh, we've banished. Sorry, what's that? There was a nutter that walked into school with a gun. Well, well, let's not put that in the terrorist box. Let's put that in the lunatic box. Well, what about the bloke in Ottawa? Uh, no, he's a terrorist. Sure, right, okay. You're confusing me. That's all. 
Obviously, if you've got half a brain, you know it will always be with us. I don't want it to be. It doesn't mean we should all sit back and let it exist. It doesn't mean we shouldn't stand up and fight. And I was absolutely proud to the point of nearly tears watching the various leaders in Europe walk down uh, the streets of Paris today. It's great. And an act of defiance. And you know how many copies they're going to sell of this magazine this month? They're printing a million, not 30,000, a million. So there's a message for terrorists everywhere that actually what they do is only against their own pathetic warped desires. But it doesn't mean they're going to go away. I've got a bit serious, haven't I? Have we got any funny music we could play just to sort of balance things up? (laughs) Type in funny music and see what comes up. Got a bit heavy. It's not for the listeners, it's just for me. Calm me down a bit. And meanwhile, here's some funny music. Either that or Elliot's next door having sex with someone, I'm not sure. I can assure you that is not true. <laughs> well, this, uh, this not... is titled Funny Music. Yeah, it's not titled that well, is it? <laughs> no. It's getting there. It's getting mildly amusing, I think, at best. Uh, coming up, we talk about the Cleveland man's argument over sexuality uh, that ended in a, in a very bizarre incident. Keep it going, Elliot. I want it to get funny. You know, give it a chance. Yeah, not yet. And uh, we talk about a story out of England that proves that English people aren't classy, although you've heard this show, so you probably know that anyway. And uh, various other stuff coming up here on News Talk 1010. Do you know you can get involved in the show? Did you know that? Yeah, of course you can. You can text us on 71010. You can phone us on 416 872 1010. And you can get on Facebook. My name is Vinnie White. Hello. If you'd like to get in touch with us, uh, you can do so through Facebook. You can even find me on Twitter, although I'm really not that exciting to follow. It's getting weirder. How is this funny? It's just weird. Right. It's about as, it's not funny, is it? Is that it's about as funny as Dane Cook? You're tuned in to the Vinny White Show on In Depth Radio News Talk 1010. We had a phone, we had a couple of phone calls during the break. And one of them was from a guy requesting a piece of music that would fit very well. And I think it could be the solution to all our problems, actually. I think that's what we might have to do from now on. Every time that anyone ever gets angry on News Talk 1010, just at the point where it concludes and perhaps would normally throw to a break or perhaps would even go into a louder and more angrier crescendo, um, we should play the music, um, which we have ready. So we'll we'll mock it up. I'll go back to angry and... um, and then we can diffuse the situation with the comedy music request which has been put in. But the problem with terrorism is it will never go away. Never! You hear me? You can try to eradicate it, but it'll always be here. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't try. It doesn't mean we shouldn't all come together as a people. And if there's one thing that's been beautiful, it's the solidarity between people that's been performed since those horrific, appalling and cowardly acts. that should happen. Particularly when people die. It's always depressing on the news when people die, doesn't it? They always do their, you know, here's the age, name, what they stood for. Let's do it like that. Let's try it. 
And this just coming in, actually, uh, news that um, Tom Snibbity-Bob uh, has died. Tom Snibbity-Bob, of course, the famous artist and poet um, that's given so much to the media world over the years, died in his sleep today um, of cancer. He was 67. <laughs> It might, might be in poor taste if we actually did that. I like to take a risk or two, but that might be pushing it. Uh, some of your emails uh, coming in, and um, I always enjoy them. Uh, you can get in touch with me through the Vinnie White website, vinniewhite.co.uk, or as I said earlier, Facebook and stuff. Uh, today's question, and I'll read out your answers later, is this. Who would you punch if you knew you could get away with it? That's my question today. Who would you punch if you knew you could get away with it? If you're friends with me on Facebook, you can answer the question there or text your um, answer into 71010. And I'll save you the bother. Um, yes, you can say you. You can say Vinnie White. It will be comedy gold. Well done. Let's get rid of all those before they happen. Um, so who would you punch if you could get away with it? 71010 on the text. Uh, another email came in here. It says, Vinnie, I enjoy your weekly feature. And it is a weekly feature, Vinnie's Advice. Please, can we have some more? Yes, you can. I'm still trying to make this happen every single week. Uh, so without further ado, we uh, always like you to send your problems into me and I open Vinny's advice column. And so let's hear today's Dear Vinny. My sister asked me for $4,000 last year so she could pay off her student loans. I drew up a promissory note and didn't charge her any interest. I did, however, add a special condition of the loan. I asked that she wax her eyebrows every two weeks. You see, they were awful. They were too dark and had the size and bushiness of mustaches. She always complains that she doesn't have a boyfriend, so I figured this was a way to start. She very ungracefully accepted and took the money. I have now started seeing on Facebook that she isn't keeping up with her one condition of the loan. When I send her a note that says, update eyebrows please, she gets mad and says that I should be nice and say something complimenting her looks first. I don't think that's a lender's responsibility. What do you think? Signed, browbeaten. Mm, I understand. Well, I mean, it's a, a very significant problem, which I think we can all relate to. Who hasn't had this problem? I remember I once lent my brother $2,000 and asked him to uh, keep up regular manscaping because uh, I was worried about his uh, gentleman's area. Um, so for him, of course, I had the solution where I made him sit on a, on a scanner naked every month uh, to keep an eye on his undercarriage. Uh, and if if it does get unsightly, of course, then then I uh, send a friend around to to break the windows of his house. And I remember specifically, uh, it was probably a few years ago now. I uh, I lent my sister three thousand uh, dollars. Yeah, on the understanding that she she did a full Sinead O'Connor. So yeah, no, it's it's understandable. I mean, when you think about it, if you go to get a loan at Scotia Bank, they they always ask me to do a full back wax. So you know. There is a, a very strict and understandable correlation between finance and, and hair. So I remember TD wouldn't give me a mortgage until I uh, rubbed my ears in alcohol and set them on fire. They said there was an unsightly fluff. So, no, I understand your problem very much. And when I say I understand your problem very much, I mean uh, bugger off and ask someone else. That's Vinny's advice. <laughs> Weirdest one I think we've ever had. <laughs> Uh, when we come back, uh, have we got to do a break yet or not yet? You don't have to. Don't have to? Let's give you some of these answers then, shall we? I asked you, who would you punch if you knew you could get away with it? Elliot, we'll start with you. Uh, anyone jump to mind? 
Oh man, anyone jump to mind? Um, the people who wrote the blues song, I think Eiffel sixty five. Oh, I'm blue. I'm blue. Double D, double down. Now, if you're only given one punch, do you want to use that one punch on all of the members? I think I would do that. I would get them to stand very close to each other. Perhaps in a in a horseshoe. Yes. In a ho- I was just practicing there in case that does happen. Yes. From, from eventuality that I know I've dreamt about. Yes. Um, if they were to stand in a horseshoe, you could swipe and yes. perhaps take them all down. The impact of one would hopefully hit the other. I feel like they're from Norway or somewhere. No, they're from Italy, which makes it even more shameful. Because aren't you Italian? Yes. Bashing your own. Disgusting. Exactly. We can all see Elliot has uh, turned his back on his culture there. You can answer the phone if you want. <laughs> sure. I forgot that is actually what you do most of the time. Um, who would you punch if you knew you could get away with it? Um, so the first one that comes in from Lindsay says, do I have to choose one person? Yeah. <laughs> Although I can see that it's tempting to have more. Uh, I said I knew it'd come in. Uh, Laura and Cindy say I'd punch you. Thank you so much. Um, the douchebag that took you off of Bob FM in Ottawa. Oh, that's nice. An old loyal listener. I think he got fired. I wouldn't worry. Um, I won't say Theo Coldwell. So instead, I will say Kim Kardashian. Says John. I know I'm breaking the man code of not punching a woman, but for this one, I think I'm allowed to make an exception. I'm not going to judge, and I don't condone violence in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but if she were to have a nasty accident, let's imagine that you were to push her off something and um, she was to land on something, just at, just at a complete accident, I wouldn't be upset, is what I'm saying, very subtly. But I don't condone violence, even in this uh, jovial sense. Uh, Fiona says Gwyneth Paltrow, which is fine because she's a woman, so women can punch women. I don't write the rules. Um, another Joseph says, uh, and here's a, what a cracker. How could I have overlooked this myself? Kim Jong-un. Very punchable face, I always think. A lot of um, a lot of face to punch. You know, it's it's the sort of face, if you take a swing, perhaps you'd add a few beers, you know, to get the, the courage and uh, the obnoxious uh, desire to perform an act of violence. If you, if you were very drunk, I think you'd still hit the face. You know, if Kim Jong-un was in a room with five other slim-faced people and he just went around sort of punching in the dark, you're probably going to get Kim Jong-un. Such a face and such a punchable one at that. Lovely. Um, who would you punch if you could? Uh, Darlene says, would it be easy to just send you or fax you a list? <laughs> so much aggression in the world. Uh, my ex-husband would be number one on that list in case you were only looking for one person, she says. Thank you so much. Uh, John says, Fiona and Joseph, those are all ex Oh, sorry. John is saying to the formerly written Fiona and Joseph that those are all excellent choices. He doesn't want to punch them. Um, and he also goes on to say B.A. Barakas. Now, surely B.A. Barakas is the most ridiculous person you could punch. He's all right, isn't he? I mean, it's a good challenge. Um, the guy in charge of ISIS. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, no one's going to say you're wrong. Yeah, but I'm, it just seems a bit, you know. I, I, could we sort of bend the rules for him? Just pop in a box. Just pop him in a box. You know, just so we can't do anything. Punch him in a box. That's a good job. I'm not in lawmaking. Um, John says um, Stephen Harper. I'm just reading them out. He says a good uppercut just to see if his wig would fly off. <laughs> okay. Uh, Tony says Vinnie White another one there I've, I've taken three punches so far and I even started this so I was saying please don't punch me 
Um, Mike Bullard. Oh, that's mixed it up a bit. Um, I love. By the way, I really love the feeling of peace that you're encouraging, says Fiona. Yeah, I'm not actually genuinely incentivizing violence. But there you go. Uh, and we've got who else? Doug Ford, Justin Trudeau, Vince Carter uh, in his last season of Raptor. Uh, the bitter saw loser memories of Ford Nation. And is there any chance that I could punch my family? Wow. <laughs> I I really have opened up a psychological Pandora's box. Can we all get back in? Next week's show is going to be far more loving. I think it would be who... Maybe I should change it now before it gets out of hand. It's been a difficult week in the news. I should have gone for who would you kiss, shouldn't I? Who would you perform... Oh, it's a bit, a bit rapey. Um, all right, who would you... Who would you kiss if they definitely gave you consent is a far safer way of doing things. Goodness me, such a minefield radio now, isn't it? What with that man doing what he did? Uh, when we come back, we talk about what's uh, our usual uh, feature, what's been going on in America. Has it been slightly nuts? Yes, you will be pleased to hear. And uh, what would you like to be served in your vegetables? One woman found something fairly repulsive, I think it's fair to say, in a restaurant in Singapore this week. We'll find out what it was. And it's probably worse than what you're even thinking right now. This is News Talk 1010. You're tuned in to The Vinnie White Show on In-Depth Radio, News, News Talk 1010. One of the things I noticed this week, um, I've noticed that it was 2015. I'm pretty sharp since it's been 2015. But I, I, I never something nagging me about the year 2015. And I knew that there was something that had happened on it already. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but I think you'll, you'll see what I mean in a minute. It suddenly occurred to me that I knew the date 2015. Do you know that Back to the Future 2, the one where he goes to the future, that future is 2015. We're there. We are back in the future. So, and if you look at what they predicted would happen in that movie by 2015, quite a lot of it's come true. There's no hologram ads yet that come jumping out at you. And there still isn't a bloody hoverboard, which, frankly, I'm a little bit disappointed about. It was on a Christmas list of mine. What year? Uh, I guess shortly after it came out. It'd be about 1985 then. 1986, because Back to the Future 1 was 1985. Here comes the, my inner geek. It's just popped out. Doesn't happen often. That's not a euphemism. Um, yeah, it's 1986. And it's always weird when they look ahead at what will have happened and then you get there. I always think, like, when, when ni- in 1999... Was Prince dancing, thinking, yeah, it's worked out all right. You know. <laughs> and 1984 from George Orwell, when it got to 1984, did everyone think, yeah, it is, a, it is a bit of a police state. Yeah, it is a bit. Those cameras are popping up, you know. So there you are. We're officially in the future. Happy 2015. Now I'm going to watch that movie again and be a bit more critical about what's, uh, what they predicted. Aren't English people classy news now? Here on News Talk 1010, as we continue to look back at the week's news, I was rather intrigued by this week uh, learning that, yes, we are a classy bunch. Uh, The English culture, I think, particularly in this country, you often associate it with um, debonair manners, etiquette, um, good vocabulary. And then you started listening to this show and it all 
went down the toilet. But to uh, push it further down the pan, let me tell you what happened uh, this week in England. A jilted husband has been given a suspended jail sentence over a revenge attack on a defenceless double amputee war hero he caught in bed with his wife. Yes, this one needs a bit more uncovering, I think. So apparently this week, florist Harry Patterson snapped when he found Afghanistan veteran Tom Lawler uh, enjoying a one-night stand with his wife Gemma only five weeks after they split up. So key point there, they have split up. Now, they're still married, but they have split up. So, I mean, it is awful to find your wife in bed with someone, but they have split up. So the goalposts move a bit, don't they? I think. Um, he punched Mr. Lawler in the head as he lay on the marital bed after sneaking into the former marital home by the back door, which sounds terribly euphemistic, but let's move on thoroughly before we go down that entrance. Uh, Mr. Lawler had both his legs blown off by the Taliban in a, a bomb in a foot patrol he was on in Helmand province when he was uh, uh, 19 years old. Now, the former infantry private in uh, the town in the north of England is now 24, and that night he was out and he met Gemma Patterson. Uh, back in his hometown of Scarborough, not the one that's getting a subway. Uh, North Yorkshire, in fact, uh, the original one. Uh, The same evening that the attack took place. So, very much a one-night stand. Let's investigate further. Uh, The 26-year-old waitress was on a drunken night out with friends, which is what we do in England, really, uh, when we haven't got work. We tend to go and get drunk and go out, particularly in the north, where they speak with peculiar accents and have absolutely no class whatsoever. They really are foul-mouthed and disgusting. And you know what? They don't even wear coats. It's disgusting. Now, they both headed up um, to her loft attic. Um, Now, he left his prosthetic limbs downstairs, apparently. I don't know why. I presume it's probably easier... I suppose it must be easier to get up the stairs without your prosthetic limbs on. Um, Patterson, 28, had also been out drinking with friends when he called his strange wife asking to see their dog. So let's just get this right. The fellow with no legs has been out drinking. He's drunk. The waitress, who's married but has recently split up with her husband, she's drunk. And then the the husband, Patterson, 28, is drunk too. Now, can you see what might just go wrong here? Hmm, yes. Well, the back door had been left unlocked at about 4.30am and Patterson let himself in. Mrs Patterson heard the door and jumped out of bed naked. Uh, The prosecutor at the court this week said uh, she came across the defendant at the bottom of the stairs. He was very upset. She had got another male at the address and it had only been a few weeks they'd broken up of their long-term relationship. Patterson saw the man's fake legs at the bottom of the stairs and went up to investigate. There, that's going to be weird. It's hard to deny there's someone there when his legs are visible. Do you know what I mean? Have you got a fella up there? No. Because there are legs here. So, do you want to try again? Have you got a fella up there? Yes. Has he got... I mean, I'm not... Has he got no legs? Yeah, okay. So he goes upstairs. Uh, Gemma jumps on top of the defendant and tried to intervene uh, to defend Mr. Lawler. She was pushed and dragged around. Not very nice at all. Patterson smashed the mirror in the bedroom. The disturbance continued in the downstairs area where Patterson smashed up a fish tank, flooding the living room. He smashed a fish tank. What have the fish done? Are you just taking out on everyone that doesn't have legs? Uh, Mrs. Patterson has already uh, suffered some friction burns. I'm sure she has. Uh, was also hurt by some of the flying glass. Uh, 
and the man, uh, the amputee, suffered some redness to the face from the blows, but is absolutely fine. Uh, Patterson, who lives in Scarborough at the same uh, street as his wife, that's never going to work. So he got put away in prison and uh, got an enormous legal bill as well, about £2,000, about $4,000, which includes compensation to the victim. Oh, that's going to hurt. You're paying the man that was in bed with your wife. But overall lesson, probably best to not go beating people up. And that's been uh, Jerry Springer's moment of the day there. Um, speaking of beating people up, I did ask you to text your people who you'd like to kiss, um, who you definitely have consent to do so with, because I felt the whole violent tendencies of this show were getting out of hand. But apparently you're far more obsessed with beating people up. Uh, I would like to punch Vladimir Putin, says someone on 71010. Uh, someone else says, I'd like... <laughs> it's funny because he's so defenceless. I'd like to punch Justin Bieber. Oh, come on. I mean, I don't like him, but I couldn't possibly harm that beautiful little face. How could you do such a thing? Dave, what did you think of this radio show? Best one I've ever done? Spot on as usual. Um, can I say who I would uh, hit if I had the opportunity? Yeah. John Gomeshi. Because <laughs> he's dished it out enough, right? So uh, time for a little payback. If you could just, if he, you know, once, let's say he gets off, he walks through your front door, and you say, hi, John, and pow! They do say the punishment should fit the crime. Yeah, exactly. And I think that fits rather like a glove, in fact. Um, here, I'll leave you with this, Dave. I'll bring you into this. You can stay in that room because we haven't got time to come in. Right. And also, you scare me because you're bigger than me, so I can be far more offensive through the window. Um, but uh, I would like to ask you, what do you think was the worst thing you could get served up if you were to buy a dish of vegetables? What would you hate to see in your food? What's the worst dish of vegetables that somebody could serve me? No, what's I, the question I didn't ask very well. Let's try that again. Sorry. If you were to accidentally serve, if, serve something in a restaurant that you really didn't want that really shouldn't have been in the dish what's the most despicable and horrible thing you could think of i I don't have the tools to answer this question i I don't understand it so i'm being served a dish that i think is one thing i'm sorry i'm a little thick dave it's not that complicated (laughs) it sounds what would you hate to uh, let me put it in a in a unbelievably simple way okay what would you hate to find in your food do you get that oh bugs jesus i'll say human fingernails That's my contribution. <laughs> it was the it was your call. It was you talking about vegetables that put me off. Oh, if you said what well, if somebody was to serve you a nice hot fudge sundae, what's the worst thing that could you could find at the bottom of it? <laughs> that that I would have understood so a little better. The concept of a vegetable was so alien <laughs> that you couldn't even adhere to it. Well, it's already vegetables. I don't want them. Well, so. you would think so, wouldn't you? But not this week in Singapore, right. Dave. What a All bloody right. awful link that was to this story. Right. Well, actually, this week in Singapore, the National Environment Agency in Singapore is investigating a Chinese buffet restaurant uh, in the square of the town. Very popular place that served a dead rat in the vegetables, Dave. A dead rat. You know, I used to work in the restaurant uh, business, Vinny, and um, there were actually people who would bring like a piece of glass in their pocket, toss it in the entree, get a free dinner. Did you actually see that? Really? I, I, I was convinced that they were doing that. I never actually saw them plant the thing, but I was pretty sure that they had. Oh, uh, there's not a lot you can do. In this country? Yes. Oh. In I Yorkville. Thought... Well, apparently Miss Chan, the woman that was uh, served the rat, uploaded pictures of a horrific find on Facebook. Uh, which, of course, drew in dozens of comments. After spotting the dead rat in the dish, she alerted the restaurant staff who replaced the tray. Right, at that point, I'm leaving! I'm not going to... Can I actually... Can I not have these vegetables? Can I... 
because of the rodent in it, you see. Could, would you mind giving me some more? Uh, and what I really love about this story, uh, blood from a stone in this place. They refunded her, but not anyone else at the table. <laughs> Remember the old Monty Python uh, skit? Uh, Could I have a leather slice with not so much rat in it, please? <laughs> <laughs> You're a Brit. You remember that. I remember that. And my favourite. Albatross. Grab and get your albatross. John Cleese. Legend. Well, I think it's been... I don't think it's been an award winner, in all honesty. I think it's... Uh, do you know Seven out of ten. What do you think, Dave? Say it's a ten. Ten out of ten. Every single time, Benny. Glad you understood the question. Uh, same again next week. I'll be back then uh, for my last show in a little while. I love you peeps. I do. Um, always a pleasure, never a chore. Ta-da.